This is the most powerful, most intense practical application and skill development training anywhere. You'll learn how to stay strong in your calling, have a quality life, and build a tremendous lasting work for God. Introducing Dr. Dean Ratke, the founder and CEO of the Ministry Institute and the Maximum CEO Basic Training. Working alone has some benefits. Survival isn't one of them. <laughs> Working alone has some benefits. Sure, you, work, you get alone with God, you get alone with your spouse, you get alone and you shut your door and think. You have to have time for you. Working alone has some benefits. Survival isn't one of them. So do not work alone. Do not work alone. And we're going to learn how to work with teams. We're going to learn how to surround ourselves with strength. I don't do anything alone. I don't do anything without their counsel. Whether it's my pastoral counsel or my advisory counsel, I don't do anything alone. I make a godly decision based on getting all of the facts. That's how we have to learn to work. Don't work alone. Now I'll do one more thing. We'll go to the board for the first time. There are three levels of learning. And it's important that we recognize these, particularly number two and three, the three levels of learning. Number one is mental ascent. Mental ascent, or what we know. What we know. The first level of learning is we learn something or we know something. We have new information. We have new facts new teachings, new understanding. The second level of learning is application. The application of what we know, or doing what we know. Doing what we know is the second level of learning. Number three is teaching. You're not here for yourself. You're here to learn. Then you're here to learn how to apply it, and then you're learning how to teach it to others, and your teaching principally is in your modeling of it. That's why your performance, point number four, positioning, process, planning, and performance. Performance is so critical, because how you perform is what you're teaching. I don't know who it was, uh, maybe Oliver Wendell Holmes or something. He said, your actions speak so loudly into my ears that I can't hear what you're saying. Your actions speak so loudly into my ears that I can't hear what you're saying. So if, however you're applying what you know is what they're going to learn from. So the application is critical. Your actions speak so loudly into my ears, I can't hear what you're saying. So it's all about modeling leadership. Leadership is about modeling. And if you're modeling the wrong thing, then that's what people are going to be replicating and emulating. So that's so, it's why it's so important for you to learn the new skills and the new art forms so that you're modeling the right thing for the future generations. I got a letter from a pastor that comes to the training in Boston and then he shared this with the partners at a, one of the advanced trainings. But he said, I learned how important it is to apply what I already know. God revealed to me and God convicted me that he can only reveal truth to me to the degree that I'm applying what I already know. He can only 
reveal truth to me to the degree that I'm applying what I already know. So this has to be about application. And, and I work so hard in the coachings that I send to the partners every month and so, so hard in this training and so hard in, and particularly in the forums, the advanced trainings, the implementation trainings, where, where I'm teaching them how to actually implement these things even more than we do here in this, in this initial basic training. And I, and I show them how to apply it. And they get to ask questions. Well, I'm stuck here, and I have this problem here. And what do I do, and how? And we work through those tough issues. The, so the application becomes real, and it becomes comfortable, and it becomes easy for them. And they're not burdened with the frustration of not knowing how to do things. So, I, and I remember when I came here years ago, a pastor, one of the associate pastors, I, I came in, asked my first question. You're going to learn how important questions are. I said, so what did you guys learn? We're sitting around the table. What did you learn this month? And this one gentleman said, we learned that the higher we go, the more we realize we don't know, and the more we realize we don't know how to do. The higher we go, the more we realize what we don't know, and the more we realize we don't know how to do it. So that's, that's what happens with the progression. That's why the, the continual learning here is so important. You don't get this in one shot. So you'll be teaching it to future generations. So this is the biggest gap in the world right here. That's why I spaced it out like this. You wonder, what's wrong with this guy's spatial relationship? Well, it's purposeful because this is the biggest gap in the world between what we know and what we actually do with what we know. You really don't need much more head knowledge. What we need to become now is proficient in utilizing it or applying it to our ministry. So I'm saying all this so that you get a mindset that this is not for me to sit here for three and a half days and get more information and know more stuff. It's for you to sit here and internalize this and say, what changes do I have to make? And that's the next thing we're going to do, is talk about change. Growth without change is impossible. But hopefully you're going to be here and saying, how can I apply this to my life? What can I do? How, what do I have to start doing differently? And you won't get it all. Don't be overwhelmed. But have a mindset that I'm going to have to apply things differently the way I'm leading in ministry and teaching future generations. And now let's take a look at change. Growth without change is impossible. So I, I primed the pump for change here today. But growth without change is impossible. And these are all the levels of change that you're going to have to take to get to the vision that God is showing you, the things he wants you to do. These are all the next levels. Like I said earlier, hopefully you're not here to just get to the next level, but to go to all the next levels. And some of you are down here, and some of you are here, and some of you are way up here. And when you get up around here, you know how it works, right? God tells you, now you're going up there. It's a never-ending process. But to whom much is given, more is required. And this training is about what more is required that we have to learn and the things we have to change. So this is about change. Growth without change is impossible. And if you want significant growth, then you need significant change. So you'll have to change significantly from what you're doing today, which is essentially, or to some degree, dysfunctional, and change 
so that you can go to all the next levels. See, if you're go whatever level you're going to get to, if you're here, to get to here, you're going to need to change. Something has to change if you're going to the next level, so it never ends. It's a continual process of change. Now, you know this better than I. People don't like to change. People resist change. That's what leadership is, though, leading people through opposition, opposition to change. People don't want to change. I don't want to go where you want me to go. I don't want to do what you want me to do. I don't want to get up. I want to stay down here. Leave me alone. People don't want to change. You're even reluctant to change. I've had difficulty changing to get, to get out off the, uh, the treadmill of doing. Because we're comfortable there, we got things working, and all those excuses we use, but they don't work if we're going to go someplace for God. So we need change. And we, the fastest way that people will change is their when they're caused to face reality. The fastest way that they will change is when they're caused to face reality. So we have to use the tool of causing your people to face reality. If you're the only person facing reality, then nothing's going to change. You can only change so much. It's worn you out. You've been so debilitated with trying to do all the changes yourself, or for the most part. So we need to use the tool. This, this becomes clear as we work down the boards here. But we have to face reality. And the fastest way that people will change is when you cause them to face reality. Now, I will say one thing. This is not a lot of herky-jerky here. This isn't like we plateau for years and then we bump up and go to another level. And then we plateau again for six, eight months and then we go to another level. It needs to be smooth. It needs to be as straight a line as you can make it. Steady compounding increase for God. A steady line. The best example that I have is uh, when, I, when I was a little kid, my father, my grandfather, had a had a, uh, a, dyna, a Buick Dynaflow, you know, back in the 50s, I guess. And it, you know, and the and I he let me sit in the front seat. I couldn't see out the window, just a little tyke, you know. But I remember being in that car, and he, you know, he would accelerate, and the thing would go, and then it would shift gears. You know, it wasn't just like a jerk like that. It was like, and then it would go into the next gear. And then you could hear it go into the next gear. That's what it needs to be. You've got to have a Dynaflow here. You don't go to the next level and hang there for years. And that requires certain things to have to happen, and that's what we're going to learn here. So you can have steady, compounding increase for God and give him a return on the greatest investment of all time. Growth without change is impossible. Let me share a few things with you on change. I've already shared the one about all expanding entities reach critical transition points whereby fundamental changes have to take place by everyone, not just the pastor, not just the executive leadership team, but everyone has to change. And you're going to see as we build depth in your ministry and we build teams down deep, then everybody has to make changes. So we have to build a culture of change. And there are points in the growth of a ministry where you have to change dramatically to rise to the next performance level, and you miss the time, you miss the moment, and you go backwards. Why do you go backwards? Because God's a God of increase. And if you're not growing and you're maintaining, you're actually going backwards. So leading opposition to change, I talked about that. There are always two types of people, those changing and those resisting it. 
But the real work of leaders is to create the conditions, that's what we're going to learn here, to enable the entire workforce to adapt to change and participate in solving the problems that growing organizations face. Growing organizations are going to be facing more problems. I mean, let me, let's get, let's, the good news and bad news. The bad news is it gets worse. You think this bad now? It gets worse. You're going to say, Martha, you know, you're going to, five years from now, you say, Martha, this is what I'm believing for if you work this. Martha, remember we were so shook up about that stuff five years ago? That was nothing compared to what we're dealing with today. You know, this, that was nothing. This is, the, the, the issues now have hair on them. They're ugly. But you get better. You get better because now you've built strength and depth under you. And we, you've replicated you. You have, you have satellite CEOs all over the organization. People functioning just like you're supposed to function. Everywhere in the ministry. And the more of those you can get, the faster you're going to go and the faster you will survive. The longer you'll last. So think about that. I mean, th what you are today is what you need to have dozens and then dozens and then hundreds of in your ministry. There's one pastor here. He said... Uh, I have more leaders, so many CEOs that are still being cultivated, but I have more leaders in my ministry today than I had congregants when he started with us years ago. 325 leaders. Now, they're, they're, they're building, uh, they're, they're, they're having uh, satellite campuses or multi-sites. And so this pastor now can take these CEOs that are working under him CEOs of all the entities in the ministry. Many, many clones of the pastor. And he can say, and we'll send them over here, and we're going to send these over here, and we're going to send those over there. Four different sites already, just because of the replication. And they've developed many CEOs who can carry on while they're doing that. You see, this, that's the way this has to work. That's the way that it works out there in the world system because they use these principles. And then I'll just, we talk about change. Let me just say one other thing. Tiger Woods was being interviewed on uh, uh, 60 Minutes by uh, Ed Bradley. And he said, Tiger, you're the greatest golfer in the world. And you're the greatest active golfer today in the world. And a couple more trophies and you'll be the greatest golfer that ever lived. And I heard you changed your stroke. You changed your stroke and your approach to the game. Is that, is that right? Is that true? And he said, yes, it is. He said, why, why did you do that? What a risk. I mean, what a risk. You, you change the way you play the game, your approach to the game, and the way you hit the ball and all. You change that. Why on earth did you do that? You're, you're the best. And his answer was profound. He said, so that I could get better. That's what we're here for today, to get better. That's why even if you look successful, there's room to get better. And so... Yeah, some of us are struggling to get off the ground and some of us are struggling to hang in there and some of us are looking successful, but we're not optimally successful. We're not maximizing our opportunity. That's a little bit about change. Okay, but we do have a scripture for some of you got nervous. Isaiah 11.2. Isaiah 11.2. So here we have the prophet Isaiah prophesying over the coming Messiah. And he said that he, Jesus will have these spirits. Now, it's important that we see these spirits because we're going to be using them all the way down the boards here to the very end. 
Isaiah 11:2, he said, Jesus, he indeed will have these spirits, the spirit of what? The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel. He'll also have, these are all spirits. The spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, and might, the spirit of knowledge, And then it ended with, and he will have the fear of the Lord. What? The respect for God's precepts. He'll operate in complete righteousness. And if we don't have that in our ministry, then we're just playing games. It's silly. You're not going anywhere with a bunch of leaven in the midst. You, so we're going to talk about that too. We've got to get the leaven out. <clears throat> but these are the spirits that Jesus did indeed have. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, and knowledge. Now, because of what Jesus did at the cross, we can have these spirits, right? We can have sp these spirits. Now, but as leaders, our responsibility is to mine, M-I-N-E, mine or pull out the rich deposits that are in those that God has entrusted to us. We need all the wisdom we can get, Proverbs all the understanding, counsel, and knowledge. So we have to learn how to mine it. So these mechanisms here, these methods that we're going to learn here to do, they, they, uh, the, the, the catalyst here is this scripture, that we pull these, these, these uh, spirits, the spirits of wisdom. These are all spirits. And because of what Jesus did at the cross, we have these spirits, but we have to learn to mine them in those that God has entrusted to us. It's just like, uh, I, I, see, I think of this all the time when I go to South Africa because of the mines there and the diamond mines. And they have to dig deep to get those precious nuggets out of the ground. And that's what you have to learn to do as a leader. You have to dig deep. We have to work the processes that will surface the wisdom, those nuggets, those precious things that are in the people that God sends to you. Then, if we play this a little bit further along, Proverbs 24, 3 and 4. It, these are both the King James Version. But it says in Proverbs 24, 3 and 4, that if you're going to build something, you know this. You know these scriptures, but we haven't really learned to apply these to the mechanisms that allow us to build God's ministry. We build through wisdom. If you're going to build something, you need wisdom. A house is built through wisdom. Then if you want it to be established, in other words, what you worked on feverishly this year is still there next year, then you have to have understanding. So it's built through wisdom, it's established through understanding, and then it says that if you want the pleasant and precious riches, the fruit of your effort, the fruit of your labor, the fruit of your time and energy and resources, if you want the fruit, then you've gotta have knowledge. That knowledge leads to pleasant and precious riches. That's what that scripture is telling us. And so we have to learn to work these scriptures in the way we work for God. Now, if we play that out one more, we'll have, we can have the Living Bible translation here. And in the Living Bible translation, it says that if you want to build something here in the King James, it says you need wisdom. But in the Living Bible, it says you need wise planning. Wise planning. If you're going to build something, you need wise planning. Here it says wisdom, there they've just translated it a little easier to understand, wise planning in the Living Bible. The Living Bible says if you want to establish something, 
You want it to continue to last so you can have steady compounding increase, continue to grow and put power on power and strength on strength. Then you need understanding. And the Living Bible says understanding meaning common sense. And I'll just tell you, common sense isn't real common in the body of Christ. We're a little short on common sense. Wise planning, built through wise planning, established through common sense. And if you want the pleasant and precious riches, you need knowledge. And in the Living Bible, it says you need the facts. You better get the facts. Proverbs says get all the facts that you can. Pay any price to get the facts. Any price to get the facts. And we don't know the facts. In ministry, we don't have a set of facts. We don't have key indicators. We don't have a dashboard. We don't even know where we are. We couldn't set goals because we don't know enough facts. We don't have enough information to, by which to direct the ministry into the future. We don't even know where we stand today. We have no benchmark information. So we need facts, and we'll, I'll clarify this as we go. But I'll tell you right now, and it, it, won't, it won't make a lot of sense to you yet, but this is the formula. When one, we start with the facts. Two, we apply common sense to the facts that we are now staring at. We're facing reality. The facts are staring us in the face. We're looking at facts. Then we apply common sense to the facts, and then we turn it into a wise plan or an opportunity where we take something that's not working and reinvent the ministry and make it work. That's the formula right there. Now, that won't make a whole lot of sense yet, except you know, for particularly for you newer, newer ones, but that's what we're going to play off of. So that's the scripture. And you, you know this, uh, Proverbs 3.19. God used a few of these ingredients. Proverbs 3.19. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. And by his knowledge, the deeps were broken up and the skies dripped with dew, the pleasant and precious riches. So surely if God can establish the earth, establish the heavens, and get the pleasant and precious riches, we can build Happy Valley Fellowship this way. Surely. So this is the formula. That's, that's the text. That's the scripture. And when we learn how to work this off of that scripture, when we learn the mechanisms that are required to do that, then it's like the difference between having a hammer and a nail or having a nail gun. You know, a hammer and a nail, so you got to... You know, you got a fish for the nail or that thing they give you at the hardware store and you dig out a nail and you put it in place and then if you're any good, you hit it five times and then you reach for another nail and set it over here and repeat the process and then, and that difference between that or having a nail gun, that's what this, this will give you if you get, if you apply it. This is a screwdriver, I know that. <coughs> That brother over there was really, you know, he wasn't going to receive anything from now on, you know. That's a, okay. That's what it can be like building your ministry if you work these things. We're going to be talking about positioning. Positioning, process, planning, performance.